we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Cheryl Glass. We come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast, plus also as well, Game Source, and of course, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Got another great show covering the world of fantasy football, preparing you, that's right, you, for your fantasy football draft by going ahead and checking out all the great episodes we got upcoming for you at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Joe doing the Laker Tom lean in there for you while he's munching down on a snack pack there for you. Oh, apropos for a Laker snapper. Good, healthy. That's very good. The other white meat. Okay. Yeah, something like that. All right. Well, speaking of Mr. Munchie, you can find him munching at, of course, LakersBall.com. It's Ox1947. Plus, he also munches his way with his own business. As you see him stretching out there, Simblates. Simblades with the Y.com. Also, as well, of course, our good friends, Mr. Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom. Laker Tom is still looking for love out there from some Laker fans who don't think he's crazy. So go ahead and find out why with his latest article 10 questions the Lakers must answer. 10 different Lakers, of course, must answer in order for them to win the championship. And as you saw on Lakerholics Spotlight this past weekend, they couldn't even get past number five live on the air. So go ahead and check out the entire list of Laker Tom right there, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, along with Jamie Sweet and those five things articles today at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend, John McCallion. John McCallion is always having some good streams on life. Just uh, stuff for as far as for his determination for where he wants to go with his weight loss. Plus also as well, some inspirational talk as well. So go ahead and check out the John McCallion channel on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, go ahead and click on right there. BDI Joe right there. Little BDI Joe. Go ahead. It's right next to Sean. It's not going to attack Sean. It might though. But the only way you can prevent that from happening, maybe, is by clicking on it today and subscribing to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break. Plus, also, we've got some good things that we've been talking about in the background that we've got coming up on the way for you. Not only great shows like tomorrow, we've got Mike Anguilano coming by once again for the, I guess, another great team report, this time on the Detroit Pistons, because he also happens to do not only a article now and then for the Cavaliers, but he also goes ahead and does a great job doing a podcast on the Detroit Pistons. So go ahead and check them out there. So he'll be stopping by tomorrow. Plus also as well, we got on Friday, Empire Jeff TV. He's going to be stopping by as well on Friday. So looking forward to that and check out his channel. Subscribe today on YouTube. And if you could do all that, plus our social media, Lakers Fast Break, just type that in there. Or Courtside Lakers on Instagram. Always got to forget that. And also hit me up, Gerald Glassford on LinkedIn. I'm looking for 100 connections. I need just about... 10 more like we need only 55 more here followers on youtube i only need about eh, 14 15 more connections on linkedin so i can show this live on linkedin of course that's the lakers fast break podcast but thanks everyone for joining us the chat has already started at the world's best lakers chat room that's right here the lakers fast break interesting things happened today in the world of the nba one of them was, of course, leading to James Harden, who was uh, 
slapped on the wrist by the old NBA. We'll talk about that coming up in a bit. But the first one that might interest Lakers fans, something we have talked a little bit about but didn't want to go into too much detail unless it actually happened. Or And it looks like, according to Sham Sharania and Adrian Wojnarowski, who tried to one-up each other again in regards to topping each other, I will say, though, that it was a nice competition, but it looks like Sean got the early decision on this one where he reported that the Dallas Mavericks are in the process of waiving and stretching the contract for JaVale McGee so that they could sign Markeith Morris, put your own Lakers championship innuendo type deal there as far as the irony in that statement I just made, but one Lakers champion go- comes in, one goes out, but it's in the process and it's going to be a wave and stretch because you have until next week to wave and stretch a contract. So with that in mind, JaVale McGee will be a free agent. Oh my gosh. I don't know what he's up to now, but maybe I don't want to know. Uh, but it is JaVale McGee. He is, yeah, he's waving by wave and stretch. There you go. Wave and stretch. I will say, though, that JaVale McGee is going to be a free agent. Yeah, I know. The first time it did. But I will say, I'm trying to host the show, gosh darn it. Give me a break. And I got to interpret your mm-hmm at the same time. All right. But I will say JaVale McGee is now going to be a free agent. A lot of people have been talking about him returning to the Lakers for a reunion. Was this the master plan for Rob Palenka on why he kept the 14th spot all along? We'll talk about that on the show. I know a lot of people have already talked about that already across Lakers media. And I know there was some comments earlier before we went on the show by, uh, let me see the guy's name that was on here. And I do appreciate you putting on there. Graston, uh, Graston said, no, they were not waiting for JaVale, LOL. Was this a clickbait title to get you to invite, you know, back in here to talk with us here at the Lakers fast break? Yeah, sure. It was a clickbait article. Yeah, as far as the title is concerned. But you know what? That's what we're going to do sometimes to get you involved right here in the middle of August because it takes a lot to get you involved in the middle of August right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But here today, talk about what's going on with Chabot. <laughs> he is a good man indeed. He is the monkey man from LakersBall.com. It's Ox1947. It is Joe Sorrell from Simblades. Simblades with the Y.com. JaVale McGee is going to be a free agent. Your thoughts on this, my friend, are you excited or are you like many people like me thinking that this time is no longer for JaVale McGee? There was a time that he was really going to be good for us and it actually worked out that way, but I think that time is coming past. What do they do to dogs when they take them to the farm? Oh my gosh. And they open the door. Remember in the Wolf of Wall Street, when yep. the capper is talking to Jonah Hill, he's like, you know, just you know, go, go. I thought you were gonna say a horse in the glue factory. So I'm no, 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 I can't go. I can't go. I can't really talk about ninety nine percent of that movie, but that part was somewhat PG thirteen ish. But yeah, it's like the here, just go. Uh, Javel McGee, you were an asset in twenty twenty. Uh, if AD hadn't gotten hurt in 2021, you would have been an even bigger asset. Uh, but I wish you well, and I hope you do well. You deserve it. That's all I got. 
<laughs> Isn't it so funny though? I mean, goes to what uh, a contributor on the playoff run, the finals, not so much, but a contributor on the playoff run, especially during the season. And then just three seasons later, essentially, or three years later, I should say it's actually four seasons later, but three years later, Joe already declining so fast that he's washed. I mean, this is a guy who just basically relied a lot on his athleticism. And we could see clearly at his time in Dallas, it, it started to go away. Yeah, the no, Javel McGee is is 35 years old, guys. This is not some guy that just started even 10 years ago. This is, this is a guy that's been around for a while. And his athleticism, his freakish, God-given, universe-given, just hellacious length, wingspan, and athleticism is what allowed him to be who he was. And the fact that he lasted as long as he did is a testament to how great, I should say great in terms of play, but how great of a mindset he put himself in to be a productive NBA player, something you can hang on every coat rack, hat rack for the rest of your life, done everything really in in, in that time. Won, Won three championships as a contributor, well-liked by his teammates. Uh, Shaq was the only one that kind of dogged him a little bit, but because he's liked by so many people, people kind of got on Shaq for that. So that's how you know when you've done things right, when you have people around you going, hey, man, why are you doing that to JaVel, man? JaVel's a good dude. You know, I think he goes, he might, look, at the end of the day, if, if, if what's the guy in Denver's name, DJ? If that guy still has a job, I wouldn't be shocked if Javel gets a job. But if he doesn't, thank you, Javel, for a great career. Thank you for helping the Lakers win a championship in 2020. But I do not want to go that route at the moment. And I believe the Lakers are in a very good position to be patient. They do not need to make any kind of decision right now to fill out those two spots and they're going to wait it out and see how things play out because that's the smart move. If it happens at now, next month, during training camp, during after December 15th, so be it. Training deadline, I, I do not care. I obviously would, would prefer to at least get somebody here in December to help Anthony Davis, but... You can't have your cake and eat it too sometimes, you know? This <laughs> is true, my friend. Uh, before we continue and before I bring it over to Sean, uh, I know we wanted to go ahead and, and while I've got a nice crowd here at the beginning of the show, Joe, did you have any thoughts as far as the the merchandise? You wanted to give people a little bit of an update because we're trying oh, to yeah. formulate a plan. Because I want to so, make sure we got it at the front end of the show and not doing it on the back end when not everybody's listening or watching. Yes, yeah, so I... I uh, um I had gotten some specs in July, like I had explained to to folks last month, and now we're in the process of getting the site up so that you guys can go to this website and order gear. Now I've kept it simple, at least for right now: t-shirt, hat, hoodie, and then short hoodie, short hoodie, and I like pockets where my short hoodie is too, and. Those are going to be the options, and it's it's likely going to be some good stuff that's there. Obviously, if you guys can't afford it, 
I don't know what your guys' budgets are. I know these days when I've been doing some some research, these hats, these new era hats are 50 bucks. I'm going to tell you right now, the hats are not going to be 50 bucks. That's a joke. As much as I like quality, new era hats are not worth 50 bucks. I mean, it takes a lot for me to drop 50 bucks on a hat. I like the flex fits. I like kind of, uh, unless it's a like a game-worn type hat, like a L.A. Dodger hat, like an official Dodger hat that they would wear in the game. That's kind of different, but you don't have that in basketball, football, or hockey. So you don't, you don't have to sell football. your body endorphin. We don't want anybody. We don't endorse selling. Again, we're setting up the site for, for you for to Lakers make the decision, athlete. right? You're going to make the decision here. Now, I like quality, and what I mean by quality is this shirt looks brand new, right? It looks like this hasn't been touched. This has been washed 50 times at least in the last year, okay? So, and I have four or five pairs, so it makes it easier too. But they don't fade. They've been created to do that. The material that's there has been created to not turn into shambles. Uh, So, but let's say we set everything up. And again, the stuff's not made of gold. I'm just saying... It, there's gonna be a little bit of quality in this, so that when you wear it, think like it, Joe. When you wear it, it looks representative of who we are, and I you. Gonna, I was gonna say Lord of the Rings, like maybe it's made of mithril, ancient mithril. Are you finished? <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah, but we'll let you. You almost got through that deadpan. Almost got through it. I almost did. But everyone thought I was serious. Anyways, we we will, if you having a problem, again, this is not going to be $400 for a shirt. We're not doing that. It's not even going to be $100. I'm just saying. Hoodies usually cost $70. Hats cost $50. But I'm not, I'm selling a hat that's probably going to be closer to $20, $25, right? That's kind of the numbers we talked about today. This shirt might be about $30 to $50, bucks, depending on, which one I get, there's one I saw that I have to get. So, you know, you guys are going to have the choice to do that. Hoodie and then a T-shirt. T-shirts are usually a little easier. Usually will run anywhere between 25 and 30 bucks. So that's the plan. We will have something up very, very soon. And we may have the website up in the near future as well to be an area where you can go and see some things too. But these days, a website isn't really the place people usually go. It's usually going to be some kind of uh, social media. So as we ascend in this thing, I'm sure we'll be promoting that uh, there in the near future. There you go, indeed. Again, an update, and we will start getting you updates on when you can start pre-ordering when it comes down to the items. Uh, You said a hat. uh, Hat, T-shirt, short sleeve hoodie like this, and then an actual hoodie. Now, there might be some patches and things like that coming in the future. I'll let my apparel lady dictate that. If she thinks that we can put a bunch of stuff on there to show what we might be able to get or easy to make or get in general, then then I'll add some things on there as well. Uh, I know that Nick also reached out to you in regards to possible shorts. Laker Nick did. so. Oh, yeah. Shorts, Shorts would be good, especially when it comes to the logo we have. It's much, much easier to put a logo on the left leg that says LBF uh, or LFB. I'm sorry, LFB. And and then at that point, you know, it's it's a simple it's a simple design. Shorts are a little difficult, though, to sell uh, than even a T-shirt in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, they want a Joe Bobblehead. 
if if I ever do a bobblehead, I am never ever going to do anything that they do in these baseball ones where the faces look nothing like them. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> this is Walker Walker Bueller. This is Walker so Bueller. Hi, Joe. I'm like, this does it's not look like Walker Bueller. You knew that some poor kid in China made this thing for hours and hours and hours. You could tell, right? So, no. If I make a bobblehead, it's going to be my face, which means quality. And that's I mean, another thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Actually, how about rant incoming with Joe, like in full anger? With a, with, maybe that's something that could be on a shirt right there, too. I, I, I have no comment. Or, or one that says what, uh, Sean, show me a picture of your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Listen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we've completely derailed now. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Joe. I'm, I'm glad you guys are laughing really, really hard. I'm just trying to remember all the good ones to like package on the T-shirt because you know that's yes. how the WWE does it. You know they just yeah. oh somebody has a catchphrase. Let's go put that on a T-shirt right there for you. Well, the the more of an audience we get, the more we can start really playing around with them, some things, right? This is true. That's all up to you out there. So please yeah. go and help us out. We're got got the stuff on the way. We told you on uh, training camp. Probably that's our goal is to go ahead introduce in full then but you know, i know that a lot of people want to get prepared want to know pricing finally on that how it's taken care of the actual list of things that you can get of right away and then your suggestions as well in comments if you're really adamant on something please let us know in the comments social media or lakers fast break at yahoo.com this is Raphael from nba draft and you are listening to the lakers fast break Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like It has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break, getting back on track with JaVale McGee, now being off the Dallas Mavericks and now a free agent. Again, he's one of the many names that are being tossed around. I know Z and I are kind of going back and forth on Bismack Biyombo. No, not Biyombo. Biyombo, no, every time he shoots a free throw. I mentioned in the comments that I think that Zangerstein and myself, blindfolded, could probably shoot better as far as free from the free throw line than Bismack Biyombo at this point. But here today to talk about JaVale McGee and the options that are still available out there. Good man indeed. He's a madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to laugh at my... <laughs> he can't get that out of his head. The, the Joe t-shirt joke. It is a good man indeed. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here, my friend. <laughs> that was, it's, it, it works, my friend. It works. A rant t-shirt and I want to see a picture of your wife t-shirt. That, this, it's, it's money. It's, it's absolutely money. But 
Sean. Joe, Joe, Joe's uh, uh, body kicking uh, Lucky's ass. I would buy that T-shirt. Lakers fast break. Joe just kicking Lucky the leprechaun right in the ass. There you go. That would be great. That would be awesome. I think there might be some copyright issues with that one on the Lucky. Might be. Might be. Well, we'll we'll figure out a, a monstrous twin that uh, Lucky Joe Keith. My great. <laughs> there you go. Another T-shirt right there for you. So, Magic Man, your thoughts on this? Again, I, I put it out there as, as a, I'm going to admit it. Uh, it was clickbaity, the title of it. And obviously, it got someone already started. Oh, of course, they're not talking looking at him. Of course not. Well, as we've seen over the years in the Lakerland, they do like rehashing players that are beyond their career, players that are on, beyond washed, and they like bringing them back to just give them a test run. Remember, even one of my favorite players from back in the day, Jawan Oldham. I absolutely loved him when he was on the Chicago Bulls. I lo- I saw him to one time block a shot, and his hand was stretched out at the very top of the rim to block the shot. No kidding. And he had such athletic gifts. And the fact that he was seven one, I think. I think. I think seven one. Yeah. Seven one, seven two in that area, and could do that was just amazing. Now the he didn't ever get really that you know well done on the offensive side and. You know, that was his undoing. But once his knees went, uh, I, his career went south, and then he latched on with the Lakers, and that was just sad to watch him where he once was. And then you've seen them over the course of the years bring on more guys past their prime onto the team, including Tristan Thompson this past year, who was really past his prime, although I'm not really sure he had one. But your thoughts on this, my friend, when it comes to JaVale McGee, I mean – Great memories. Uh, obviously, he is a multi-time championship player. At one time, he was really he he could not get around him in the playoffs. People were like, you know, trying to single him out. I remember one possession that when he was with Golden State, tried to single him out. They tried to go ahead and isolate him, and he was out in the island at the at right right near the three-point line against a guard, and he was right all over his face. Great footwork, and that uh, the the guy, the point guard, had to go ahead and just like chuck up a, a terrible shot he is no longer that athletic he is no longer that fast no longer that quick and even what he provided the lakers in 2019 2020 is no more your thoughts on bringing back to mcgee are you thinking as i am that it's now great memories with javel but no more for him as well fortune fame mirror vein the memory remains i think that's, that's another t-shirt the- t-shirt <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's a great Ghost memory Black. for the Lakers, Gerald. But, yeah, I'm very – like almost no athleticism left. I mean, yeah, obviously you have some if you're in the NBA, but uh, not the juice he had at all. Not no. even three years no. ago, Gerald. I don't think so. Right? I think we already have a younger version yeah. already in Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes, Hayes. yeah. I, I mean, I'll do respect to JaVale, you know. Jackson Hayes is younger than yourself. He's, you guys basically do the same things. Um, so it, it's almost redundant to bring him on the roster, even as an emergency backup, like breaking case of glass. And that's my point with Usman Garuba. Again, you're duplicating the same thing that you are with Jared Vanderbilt, which again, to me, is something that 
do you really need to do that on the roster? I know you're very high on him. I know you think he has a, he's got a very good future. I'm not trying to dissuade you or, or disparage you in any way, shape, or form, my friend, on your thoughts on that. I just think, though, at this stage of his career, you're, again, with Usman Garuba and JaVale McGee, even if he wasn't washed, you're duplicating the same thing on the roster with the same player. Oh, that's a, that's a fair point, Gerald. That's a fair point. I can't argue against that whatsoever. Um, it, it's, signing him would, would be exactly what you said. It'd be a kind of a redundancy, a replication of what Jared Vanderbilt can do. Only Jared can do it a little bit better and yeah. more consistently, obviously. And so taller. I, and is taller. It is two inches taller, right? Um, I agree. Like I can't argue from that from that perspective. Um, so uh, the Lakers need to solve this this issue though sooner rather than later. Um, but the point is, Gerald, is that as we talked about earlier in the summer, the Lakers have options now. It's it's not as if Christian Wood uh, is uh, the you know holding the rose, right? Like the bachelor, like everybody's, everybody's waiting for him. No, there are options now. Garub is out there. Uh, McGee's out there. Not, not saying those are like realistic or even tenable options, but they're out there. So he's not, he's not the only uh, guy on the block now looking for work. Um, so, and I think even more options are going to present themselves drilled. Um, I think I've heard OKC is potentially going to waive another one of the guards. Um, or another one of their big players. Yeah, Poku, for example. His name has been... Uh, Ooh, Poku. I, yeah. I really like Poku. Yeah, so they're going to release somebody. I've also heard there's a, there's a stockpile in Utah and San Antonio, Gerald, and there's word that one of those two teams might have to waive one of their guys. So there are a lot New of Orleans. options. Could one New of our, Orleans. Could Hernan Gomez be on the trading block or, or cutting block? Right, right. And now all of a sudden we understand why Rob has waited out this long because all these options are now presentable and realistic. I did a draft profile feature on him way back when, Zangerstein. I'm still really high on the kid as far as Pokushevsky is concerned. So if he became available, it would be in the Lakers' best interest to get someone as versatile as him. He just has to put it all together and has to remain injury-free. Uh, you know, we're starting to see the same thing with a similar player, Joe, in Zach Collins in San Antonio, where he was often injured. He had so much promise, never got to live up to it because of his injuries in, in Portland was finally sent packing to San Antonio. It looked like his career was going to be in that where that that fringe player, but he turned his career around last season at San Antonio. Now he looks to be a key piece of their building block going forward. I'm hoping that it could be the same thing for Pokushevsky if he comes to the Lakers. But when it comes down to it, Joe, the Lakers, I think we, we questioned them before you and I and Sean, we questioned Rob Palenka's thinking, you know, last season, why isn't he making a move? Laker Tom was furious for months at Laker at, at, at Rob Palenka. You know, why didn't he make a move before uh, training camp? Why didn't he make a move? He's going to make a move. How many times Sean do we, and Joe, do we hear this? He's going to make a move before the start of the season. He's going to make a move before Christmas. He's going to make a move. And it never happened. And, and patience, paid off in a great trade deadline for him. Could he be doing the same thing in? Could it be in his best interest to be waiting this whole thing out for a 14th slot, Joe? 
we weren't patient in trading Westbrook at the deadline. We ran to the deadline. The teams ran to the deadline. Anyone who says, God, I wish Rob had traded Westbrook in January. It wasn't possible. The other team has to agree too. The other team is leveraging. And then when you lose your leverage, then you do something or you don't. So the issue with Rob Polinka, at least for me, wasn't so much the mistake of the Russell Westbrook trade. That had happened. We needed to kind of get over it a little bit. Can't keep dwelling on it. The problem is, was his personality. Was his personality costing the Lakers in the end? Turns out it wasn't. And this is where we're at now. As soon as we got to a point where he could unload the problem, he was able to manifest a phenomenal return in a short amount of time, and the Lakers end up going. I mean, I don't I, – I, it, sometimes it hits me. And it, and, it, and it probably shouldn't because we're supposed to be about championships because we do have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But I don't think we really understand what an amazing accomplishment the 2023 team was. The fact that they were a mess from almost every angle you could be without inner turmoil, like, you know, bickering in the back and like that wasn't going on even with Russell Westbrook being what he was there wasn't any kind of like oh this the whole locker room is destroyed because James Harden doesn't like so and so like none of that stuff right it was more maybe passive aggressive if anything but ultimately there was still you know there was a team playing basketball without the locker room being a problem right the fact that they made it to the Western Conference Finals after all this is pretty remarkable. And that's why the confidence in what they're doing now is even higher because we have already seen through Summer League, through international play, that a couple of our role players, immense, important role players, have already shown massive improvement when we didn't really know if they would. So how is that going to play into the season? If LeBron has lost, let's say, a quarter of a step from last year, but Austin Reeves, Max Christie go a half a foot ahead, that's going to cover that little quarter. And then you also factor in the fact that Anthony Davis looks to be in the best shape I've ever seen him in physically. Does he play 68, 72 games this year. If he does, that means he's on his way to an MVP candidacy and possibly an, an MVP on defense. Now, you haven't even gotten into the Gabe Vincents, the Vanderbilts. You haven't gotten to who might be the center on this team or two. The Lakers are in a very good position absolute perfect position right now to dictate what they want to do next. The only thing they need to pray to the gods is God, please don't let LeBron and AD get a major injury. If they have an ailment and they got to sit a couple weeks, remember I told you about the schedule guys, there's going to be a six week window in the heart of this schedule where the Lakers do not leave the West, the Pacific Standard time zone. Take advantage of it. 
That's where Darman Ham comes in and all your analytical people behind the, behind the scenes. Make it work. We're here to, we're here to support. Indeed. Another shirt. Hey, another, there you go. Tagline for another shirt. There you go. Sean, uh, let me bring you back into this. And once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We're talking a possible return to the Los Angeles Lakers for JaVale McGee. Uh, and it was great to see at the Drake concert last night, Drake leading in LeBron and Bronny. Uh, so great to see Bronny up and about. And uh, I know that the crowd was really uh, uh, cheering for him. And it was great to see him and his father last night. Any fathers, even if you're the worst LeBron hater in the world, and boy, do I know, and I've seen some LeBron haters in the past few weeks, you've got to be happy that a father and son can go ahead and, and just be a part of that after what happened to, to Bronny. I know you're getting all misty eyed on me here, Joe, but uh, I do want to say, uh, Sean Taylor Swift easily can sell out a stadium. I just uh, dropped off my, my wife and, and child last week to a K-pop concert here that sold out Allegiant stadium with Blackpink. How come Drake can't sell out a stadium? He's only can do the crypto. My gosh, it's not all about stadiums. It's no longer about, Actually, in case of Harry Styles, he sells out arenas like seven or eight times in a row. So I ask you, my friend, when it comes to, though, JaVale McGee, there's still people in this chat that want JaVale McGee, that are thinking this is 2020 JaVale McGee, or that 2020 JaVale McGee can be revived. You and I have watched his travel since then with Cleveland, with Phoenix, and with, with Dallas since his journey away from Los Angeles, I have seen a slow and steady. There's been some bright moments for him, but I have seen for the most part, a slow and steady decline. I agree, Gerald, which is why it was very curious and downright. It's a word I'm looking for foolish to, to, for Dallas to sign him to that amount of money. And for that term, three years, is a long time. Well, that NBA. was his last, just before yeah. he signed out, of course, he played well enough his last gasp as a player to play at a competent level in the NBA. And wouldn't you know, sure enough, it came right before he went into free agency. Let's see, exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was, a per- it was a perfect storm for, oh, absolutely. Uh, for him and uh, Mark Cuban. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Who's shacked yeah. in a fool now? Big time, big time, yep. Gerald. And um, uh, my goodness, like the roster construction on that team, at times it looks like it's cohesive and it's moving towards a certain direction, Gerald. And then other times you wonder what the hell they're doing in Central Texas. Four or five centers on a roster when you have Luka Doncic. I don't know what's going on, but. As you said, we've seen a we've seen a steady decline from Javale. Um, uh, he can still play a role in the NBA. I just don't want to see it on the Lakers. Um, I, I think he'd be great for either a young team who needs a vet and uh, to learn how to be a professional with young young people. Do you or... think he can hang on until expansion? Because that's what I'd say, Joe. What do you think about two, two three years? Stations? Is it yeah, two three, years? Probably three. Um, three. Probably you know, three. I sort of disagree with you there. Uh, no, I'm just asking if he can hang on until no. that point. I don't. Think I don't think so. 
If it's three seasons, definitely not. Two seasons. Three. If it's three seasons before new, you know, new teams come into the league. You really think a new team's coming in three years? I think so. Really? I think so. Yeah. I think I think it's going to be five or six. Mm. The new TV so. contract is is up twenty eight twenty nine. I would expect that they'd want uh, a team, uh, an expansion team, either in or out before. Because the comments made by you know the comments made were simply said we just got to work on a new tv deal and then we're going to focus on expansion uh, did they not come to terms on the new tv deal they did they did they did, so Gerald. they did plus it's like easy money you want to come into this league you got to go ahead and pay adam silver there you go and you know what they, they and it's true Gerald. there's there's kind of an oversimplification that people have that oh well you know if they brought in another team to this league you know everybody would have to share everybody has to share anyway and there's so much money flowing around that adding another team benefits everybody benefits the ecosystem i just think right now well one of these days we're going to have to have a conversation is the league does the league have enough talent to do that? I, I I know that we could give a broad answer here, yes or no. Does the league have enough talent to support two more teams? Joe's saying no. So a lot of people are saying yes. Uh, again, I'd have to look in more detail because I'm really on the fence either which way. It might not matter. Yeah, well, that, of course, of, it's uh, it's all about money. So the game is fixed because if you if you're looking at quality of of the product and. The, the, the game isn't geared towards general audience anymore. The, the teams don't need butts in the seats anymore. The TV contracts have solidified that, and the gambling has tipped it over to another level. This is this is the way of the world now. We They've catered to the lowest common denominator. And then the more podcasts there are like this, the more dumbasses like us are going to continue to say things we don't like but we're still going to watch. Speak for yourself. Yeah, I, I was going to say, speak for yourself. Smart ass, I, I was, yes. speaking, I was no, speaking specifically you two, not me. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. I think we were speaking about you, of course. I am a smart ass. Thank you very much. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Truly appreciate everybody joining us. We here. need a uh, rated R version of this show, by the way. I know that's playback is it, but Patreon. we need, there you go. But that's Patreon. different. That's that's a that's the game. I'm talking commentary. I don't <laughs> well, know. Go Joe. to playback. Playback.tv gets. I gotta. I gotta be honest, Joe. You've you've gone a little puss in boots on playback. I got. I just gotta say. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Puss in there boots. Is badass. What are you talking about? Challenge has been thrown down there. Vegas and Paradise, Nevada. That's right, Paradise, Nevada. Absolutely. That's the actual strip. That's where the actual strip is, is on Paradise. It's not in Las Vegas. But once again, it is the Las Vegas, of course. And also as well, Seattle will be most likely the next teams coming down the pike. But getting back to... And we need, Gerald, we need the greatest mascot in sports history back. We need Squatch back. The NBA needs Squatch. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, we. I guess we did. All right. All right, that's that's a, that's another T-shirt line right there. Sean saying we need Squatch back and uh, holding up a mini Squatch doll right there. There you go. Joe though, Javale McGee is is going to be made available again. If people are still talking about in the chat, 
most are saying no. Some are still saying yes. You know, on Laker, Laker fans out there, some are saying yes. Most are saying no. There is that thought, though. We do try to bring back some tr- to see if there's still some trends on the tires for some of these guys at the end of their careers. I certainly hope not. I certainly hope they don't waste a spot on JaVale McGee at this JaVale, point. JaVale McGee, uh, it was a contributor at, on the 2020 team, but he actually didn't play that much in the Denver series and the finals hardly at all. Uh, he played a, a, a as a glue guy, as a role player, but it was very minimal, but it was good enough to – it was very AC green-ish, maybe a little bit lower than AC, I think, AC had a little bit more value in, on the 2000 team. But he had that – you can't go wrong with someone who's 7'1 and can jump out the building. It's a it's a threat, right? It's a threat. Going back to how I was talking about D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell is still somebody you have to pay attention to, even though there's been issues in certain games with him. So you have to pay attention to a guy who's 7'1", who can reach to almost 10 feet, right? And then you had Anthony Davis. It was a formidable uh, lineup that you had to deal with the first six minutes of the game. Then you bring, then you shift AD to center, you or you bring in Dwight Howard, and you continue that 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 dominance, I should say, uh, until until you know until otherwise. Uh, as far as uh, I wanted to get this done real quick, Drake doesn't sell out stadiums because he doesn't have to. Uh, stadiums typically are harder to manage. There, there's more money spent on crew sure. and speakers and stuff. Sure. The re- and, and Taylor Swift and any and most groups that are pop-ish are going to have a bigger fan base. Than- but Drake has sold out stadiums before. He has, but I, I've heard he prefers, and most artists prefer not to be in a big area like that. Because well, Harry still- Styles chose arenas, but he chose like doing arenas like like the forum he did for like 12, 13, 14 t- days straight, uh, you know, for or actually out of a two week period, three week period. So, yeah, the extended stay type deal. I, I get to what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think he, he he needs to do a stadium. He could, he could sell it out, but I think he prefers, he's getting paid the same amount of money to do a 18,000 uh, crowd versus a, I don't know how many, had, how many, I don't know how many Taylor Swift had, but. They're gonna have to put a banner at SoFi now because she she killed it when that, that that week she was there. Oh, looks like we have a troll, Joe. Troll. We haven't had a troll in a while. Wow, wow, wow. Yep, yep. Looks like we. Oh, yes. And uh, this coming from the guy who calls himself what? Yeah, yeah. Well, you you can read that in there. I don't want to read it for our audience trying to keep PG yeah, on the, that. So. The prom monster. Yeah. Well, no, it's poor no monster but well i I mean a couple couple things here one that's uh that's a lame ass name brother so yeah absolutely (laughs) add to uh oh my god i can't believe i do this but i gotta go on a drake rant here all right before we go on the drake rant just say lakers propaganda hour really seriously this is a lakers show you dumb bag of hammers i think it's just i think i think you're giving him attention. I think it's best to silent and deadly it. Okay. Well, we're just doing it for you. We're setting you up for the kill, but okay. All right. Yeah. I prefer to not talk and kill. You told me that you it's look forward you, to not seeing me. You do that. Not me. No, but you, you look forward to seeing no, those. You, trolls. me, and you, and me. All right. Sean. Look, sometimes you're the bug 
and sometimes you're the windshield. If you're going to come in here, you ain't the windshield. Just remember that, okay? Uh, so you're getting not, back to Drake. And it's windshield. not just any windshield. It's the windshield on a OGH1. We don't have feelings. Well, Gerald has a little bit, but <laughs> Sean and I don't have feelings, folks. Not on here, we don't. You could sit there and you can troll, call us all the names you want, and we'll like it. And then forget about it. Like in two seconds. Five seconds after. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. So, so good good luck. Good luck, indeed. Godspeed to you. Sean, your thoughts though on Drake before we get back to JaVale McGee and close out part of this part of the conversation out. I know I wanted to give you guys a chance to go ahead and, and, and speak on Drake. Uh, just, it's a very talented individual, yeah, although the uh, mumble rap is not for He's a better actor, on, on, yeah. on, 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 in my opinion. He's a better comedic actor than a singer, believe it anyway, or not. Anyway, yeah. Uh, what he does is mid. What, what he does is mid. He's a mid-rapper. Um, mid-performer. Uh, but you're right, Gerald. Very talented uh, for somebody who's got about 25 ghostwriters. Uh, um, I, I agree. I, I think he's more actor than artist. Personally speaking, I think, you know, Gerald, sometimes some people lose mass appeal. And I think you know when he when he first started, he was he everybody enjoyed him. I you know, but he's basically turned into, and it's fine. You know, a Keith Sweat or an LL Cool J of his time. He's uh he's more for the ladies than he is for uh the gents, and uh, I think you know that's kind of helped contribute to why you know he's mid. He's mid. Okay. He's mid. Mid. Absolutely. So. <laughs> You guys, I tell you, mid indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. Thanks so much for joining us right here in what has been called the Lakers Propaganda Hour. Although, you know, if it's Lakers Propaganda, my gosh, for what way we go ahead and rip on the Lakers over the course of a 365-day period, you might have it a little bit twisted. But it is the Lakers Fast Break. Thanks so much for joining us. We are talking to Vale McGee. So, again, Joe, if JaVale is a no, if Bismack Beyond, no, aka Bismack Beyondbo, sorry, Z, is a no. If it looks like Christian Wood is going to be a no, then what's the plan for Rob Palenka on filling up a 14th spot? Not a 15th spot because it seems like they're going to leave that spot open, but what's the plan for 14th spot? The plan is to wait it out and see which quality center would come play for the Lakers or could be attainable. It's not it's not going to be rocket science on this one. This is they're playing it as well as you can play it right now. They're not desperate right now for 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 to fill that spot right this minute. They're not. They can wait it out and get the exact guy that they want or settle for a guy that they feel that can play that position and spell AD enough during the year. There's a lot of guys that seem to be getting released that have some talent. And if the Lakers have been a team that's been developing guys or enhancing people's skill sets on the team because they have LeBron and AD, then I, I have a very, very strong feeling they know who they're going to get, but they're also waiting on the guy that they want, maybe. And maybe they don't know who they want. Maybe it just has to happen first, then they'll get them. 
maybe they have a list on a short short list of who who may become available, Joe, and that that's who they're targeting. Yeah, I, I I believe that's what it is, and it's a it's a good it's a good way to approach it. They don't they just they gotta get Bismack Biombo. Uh, I'd say he could be signed if you get the right starting center, right? Because he could be the backup. Use him in spurts. Use him in garbage time. Use him in uh, certain spots during an eighty-two game season. The problem is he can't shoot a free throw to save his life. So make sure he doesn't get the ball down anywhere that's not under the rim that he can dunk it. That's and you don't know how how athletic he still is being uh, on the other side of thirty. And if he's not athletic, there's a reason why they got Jackson Hayes. They needed athleticism. The problem with Jackson Hayes. And this could solve a lot of our problems if he could, I guess, enhance his skill set on this team. Is he is actually good at the weak side defense, which could play a factor with this team. If AD commits to someone and Jackson is a guy that flourishes either playing one on one on the perimeter, which he's shown some lateral ability to stay in front of his guy, not guards that have speed, but maybe somebody that's not as fast. He's done that well. And of course, again, weak side help. That could be, that could be something that will definitely work, but it's only going to work for about a quarter a game. He's not capable of being a 30 or I should say 20 to 25 minute a game player. He's going to be more a quarter maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. That's his game. So you need to find the other guy that can cover the other 12 and 15 minutes. And then if you have somebody like, again, Biombo, who is just an added insurance, cool. That guy will be that guy if one of them gets injured and he needs to play and cover them. That's it. That's that's where we're at. So I ask you this, guys, and this is a question that leads me back to a couple well, weekends ago, Sean uh, and also Joe, I don't know if you heard that actually on the air with Lakerholic Spotlight, Laker Tom kind of backed me into a bet. I don't know if you heard that, uh, but yeah, he bet me that he swears to God by opening day, Anthony Davis will not be playing the five come the start of the season. And I was like, uh, well, I don't think he, re- I think he will be the five. I just think you don't have much of a choice seeing how LeBron is like 38, pushing 39. Do you really want him chasing wings out there? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, he kind of pushed me into that one. So your thoughts on this, my friend. AD, you think he's going to be starting the five or you think he's going to be at the four, which necessitates the Lakers thinking on who they might pick up to for that, exactly for that 14 spot, if it is a JaVale McGee or something like that with a big guy. That's interesting, Gerald. You know, if if uh, my friend worded that uh, bet the way you said, that's very clever. Because if he, I didn't if, want to bet him, but he, I said, all right, I'll bet you didn't. There you that's go. very clever because you know I think at the beginning of the season, Tom may be right that you know he he is the four. I don't but, think it was an indecent proposal, Kurt. But you know, you can check out the tape from a couple weekends ago. You can, <laughs> Right that was a horrible movie, by the way. It just like, yeah, yeah, that's a proposal. Yeah, I didn't like really? it. Really? Yeah, I no. didn't like it. I anyway, it. but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I think Tom may be correct. 
I think you know it hasn't I'll, aged well. Let's just say that. Yeah, it hasn't. That's that's a better that's a better phrase. That's a better phrase. Yeah, I think Tom may be correct, Gerald. That uh, ultimately, AD's a four, Jackson Hayes is a five. When the tip goes up, but I, I you know, we we all know AD's going to be the five. It's just I, I'm not sure why why he hasn't had his come to Jesus moment yet about this, Gerald. Considering that last year, ninety nine percent of your minutes were played at the five. Man, come on, like you gotta you gotta just. Go with the baptism here, okay? Just put your head in the water and just accept your fate that you're a five. That's you got to do it. It's a come to Jesus moment for AD this year, Gerald. It is, it is, and we're gonna see. Like Joe says, he is. That's the only thing left in his career. We were talking about it last night in the comparisons to Dwight Howard. You know where his career st- stacks up to where Anthony Davis. We feel that uh, Joe. I agree with Joe in the fact that there's that missing piece in his career, Joe, where AD has had all the talent and has every opportunity to go ahead and play to that level, to get to that level, like you were talking about, where he needs to be in the conversation of the top 10 players in the world, in the NBA, and not just for a two-week stretch, not just for a week stretch here during January, not just during a stretch where he comes back off an injury, not just during a stretch during the playoffs, he needs to be it during uh, throughout a whole season and be an MVP candidate. You, that's the last missing step as far as this equation for Anthony Davis. And if he does that, it makes it so much easier for the Lakers to go forward. If Anthony, if uh, if Austin Reeves plays like he can and like he's been doing for Team USA, it makes it so much better and so much easier for LeBron to do what he needs to do and do less of it because the team won't need as much. But when it comes to filling up that 14th slot. It's something I think the Lakers are meticulously thinking about, and I think they're making the right idea not to go ahead and rush into it. They might have already made an offer to to Christian Wood, but if he doesn't take it, I, it just seems like the Lakers are not bothered by him not taking that deal. AD is capable of winning an MVP and a Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. He does that, then everything he's done is solidified to 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 the to the top. It's like a missing piece, don't you think? It is. It is because he's too talented not to be that guy. He's too talented. His career has been very good. He will go to the Hall of Fame. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's won at every level, FIBA, Olympics, college, NBA. He's a winner. He's not a locker room cancer as big as a star as he is. He's a good dude. He's eloquent. He's smart. He has a bit bad with the press. Nothing. He is brilliant, but he's missing those things. He wins an MVP. He wins a defensive player of the year or both. You are now sitting exactly where you were supposed to sit. And if he does that this year, you're winning a championship barring any injury in the playoffs. It's that simple. And there is no other way, guys. There is no other way. If AD plays 70 to 75 games this year, he will be a top three MVP candidate and likely win the defensive player of the year. That's what we need. He could win the MVP. He couldn't. It depends on who he's going against, right? But that's – if I'm his agent, if I'm the Lakers, if I'm LeBron, I'm sitting with uh, AD and going, screw it. Go after it. 
Go get an MVP. Go get a defensive player of the year. Get both. Because if you do, that means LeBron is not playing as much. He's not exerting himself as much. Then when you get in the playoffs, LeBron can get loose. And it's a lot better when you can get loose playing 29 minutes a game versus 36 minutes a game, which is what he played last year. LeBron cannot play three quarters every game throughout the year again. Cannot. He's got to play two and a half. He's got to get that extra six minutes. Imagine six minutes times, I don't know, let's say he plays 65 games. It's immense for a guy that's been that's going to go into his 21st NBA regular season. He's really played 25 years if you factor in his playoff games. That's just astronomically crazy. This is the, this is the mindset you have to have. AD, and I'll, I'm going to say this for the record. If, a, if you play your butt off and your body just collapses, uh, it is what it is. I would rather you give 100% out and go, you know what? You did your best. You tried. It didn't work out. I'll have a lot of respect for you. Because if you scale back, it's probably still not going to work. So I'd rather you go all out and hope for the best that you'll be able to make it through so that we can win this thing. And with the depth that they have, with the youth that they have, they have a very good shot of doing that. There's a lot of youth on this team in, in high-skill positions. We're in, we're in good shape, guys. I, I feel very, very confident that the Lakers are going to play very well this year, barring a torn something, a torn ligament in the knee, foot, something like that. That's it. That's the only thing that's going to take us out from the two guys, right? If something busts on the on the knee for LeBron and he's out for the year, yeah, we're toast. Same thing with AD, we're toast. But that's like saying if Patrick Mahomes gets injured, we're screwed, right? Oh, Kansas City's screwed. That's it's it's that's the that's the way it is. There's nothing you can do about it. Hell, even when he was injured, he still beat everyone's ass. I mean, just you know, that's what that's what it is. That's what it is indeed. Even P Master agrees with you on that that the Lakers will be good this year. Way to go, P-Master. But, Sean, I wanted to go ahead and ask you this. Finally, to close out this conversation, you know, are do you think it's been the smart play by the Lakers to go ahead and go about the way they did? Because, you know, they could have done the Laker-Tom way and just, you know, did the sign-and-trade with, with Vanderbilt going to Dallas, bringing in Christian Wood at a higher rate. There could have been uh, those options that are available to them. They could have gone after the first available center that they saw. Could have, you know, all those big guys that are out there that maybe don't have the talent or maybe past their prime that we've seen signed. Even Moses Brown was just recently signed by, I think, a partial guarantee with Portland, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I mean, even a guy like that that's bounced around from the league that people were saying and mentioning, he is not, he just got signed. So the Lakers. They've literally run dry on quality big man now if you do not get Christian Wood. There's literally nothing left unless some things open up during training camp. Do you think was this, a, this was the smartest way to go for the Los Angeles Lakers? I think so, Gerald. I, I really do. What's, it, what's that old saying our grandparents taught us? Only fools rush in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it I think it would have been a rush to just sign you know who, uh, considering the fact that he's just waiting for more money at this point. Um, that, Good that's, luck. 
Yeah, exactly. We talked about that one. But, yeah, you know what, Gerald? I, I think uh, more, the more we see the landscape changing, the more options I think there will be available the further we go down the line here because we still have huge basketball tournament coming up. You know, wish everybody the best and all health, but, Gerald, people break legs. People tear their knees. It happens. So I think everybody's pressing the pause button from now until probably anywhere from, like you said, August 31st when that, when that uh, uh, deadline looms to uh, probably the end of the tournament, which would be around four to six weeks outside of training camp, which is still a big gap um, to evaluate your roster. So I think uh, hats off to Rob. Um, very patient, um, but he's being also very truculent about the way he views those last two roster spots. Well, whatever truculent means, if it's good, I'm there. <laughs> We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Lakers Fast Break. You get a chance and you've not done so already, please go ahead and subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live with the air, live on the air with the Lakers, Lakers Fast Break. Tomorrow, we've got Mike Angolano. Please go ahead and join us as we talk Detroit Pistons. For their team report and then later on this week we've got a great interview lined up with a awesome person in our chat who's here constantly empire jeff tv please go ahead and subscribe to his channel as well but before we head on out guys uh, let me ask you this let me bring it back to sean real quick on this when it comes to the james harden saga i guess the liar comment that was uh, said by james harden you know in the but in this camp in china that was blurted out all, all over the internet in regards to Daryl Morey. You know, he said and indicated that he, oh, I only meant he was lying about saying that he was going to be traded if he signed and opted in into the final year of his contract. I didn't mean or insinuate anything else by that comment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. But let me ask you this, Sean. Isn't there a bridge in Brooklyn? Yeah, that's the idea. But I want to ask you this, Sean, when it comes to what we're seeing with James Harden, he was fined today by the league a hundred grand, which as you know, he probably spends that more the more than that at the gentlemen's clubs. Your thoughts though, this is just getting a little bit further and further. Now it seems like it's gonna get uglier and uglier. I can't wait. I almost can't I'm almost as excited for the Philadelphia 76ers camp as I am the Lakers camp. Because it's just all the drama that's going to play out. Gerald, 
if he tries to pull any of the other crap he's tried, whether it was in Houston, Brooklyn, it's not going to fly in Philly. It's mm-hmm. That is not going to fly. He does not have the requisite cachet. He does not have any friends in the Philadelphia media. And the fans unruly. I mean, merciless, merciless, the most merciless, probably the. Don, you're still there. Magic man. And I left Uh, you right on your monologue, my friend. Yeah, you did. But that's okay. Thanks a lot, Canadian internet. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, uh, you know, Gerald, um, this is a self-infliction that James Harden has done to himself. Do you remember when he was in Houston, Gerald, and he rejected a two-year, $103 million extension? Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Now, the reason why that was significant, Gerald, is because had he signed that extension, he would have been the first $50 million a year NBA player. But he decided he knew better. And do you know who became the first $50 million player? Who would that be? Steph Curry. Well, there you go. Absolutely. So then he gets traded. He gets what he wants, Gerald. He ends up getting traded to Brooklyn. Or or so he he says that's what he wanted. He rejects a five-year, $227 million max extension with the Nets. Now that's two max contracts he's turned down from two different franchises. Then he decides that because of circumstances beyond all of our controls and because he has a teammate that's truculent about uh, certain medical adherence. adherence. Yeah, there you go. Very, uh, you're adherence. very carefully you know, you know, yeah. stepping around the tulips on that Yeah, one. yeah. Nice. Adherence well is right. Mm-hmm. He decides, well, I'm going to throw a hissy fit and just stomp my feet as loud as I can and get out of here too. Okay. So he gets his wish again. He then turns down a third max contract from the Philadelphia 76ers. This is the third separate team that's offered him a max contract and the third time he's turned them down. So he exercises his opt-in, Gerald. And the only reason he exercised that opt-in, Gerald, is because all the money had dried out by the time this decision needed to be made. And he was left standing, wondering what happened. Well, I'll tell you what happened, James. He became a depreciative asset in about a year and a half. You're not the guy you once were. And when you finally found out why, you got bitter and angry at everybody and everything except yourself. This is self-inflicted. And you are about to enter a world I don't think you can possibly imagine. Try playing these games in Philly. You'll find out. F-O-F-A. All right, Joe. Let me ask you this, my friend. When it comes to James Harden, the saga is continuing 
$100,000. Again, that's not really that whole lot to him, especially to what he's made in his career. Your thoughts on this? This is going to get out, get more ugly and get uglier and get uglier until the point where there's got to be a breaking point. But then again, we saw this drama laid out a couple of years ago with Ben Simmons. And Daryl Morey played it close to the vest. And ultimately, he came out what he thought would be a winner because he got James Harden in that trade, plus a lot of other stuff as well. And it's, you know, going to, it's biting him in the back again. So, your thoughts on how this plays out with Daryl Morey this time around? It's interesting how the NBA PA, Michelle Roberts, is all of a sudden now sitting on her high horse going, hey, you can't find him $100,000 for an opinion. How is this any different than criticizing the refs? Why don't you make a grievance on that one, Michelle? You're in this position because of you. Because you just wanted to make the money, right? So if it's about the money, fine. Why didn't your client take the money not once, not twice, but three times? Whose fault is it? It's his fault. Going around calling people liars, right? That's a detriment to the league when you have professional players calling their professional management. That's why they fine you when you criticize the rest because you're putting a bad look on the league and you signed that deal that says that they can find your ass for doing that. I didn't sign it. Gerald didn't sign it. Sean didn't sign it. Empire Jeff TV didn't sign it. Porno, whatever his name is, didn't sign it. So whose fault is it? So we're going to go back to the analogy of the month. You all want your cake and you want to eat it too. Which one is it? Make a decision. Remember in training day, make a decision. Make a decision. No, you're not going to make a decision because you want your decision made on your time, your subject. This is and 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 we have catered to these jackholes too long, and no one is doing anything about it. We keep saying, ah, it's okay, ah, it's okay, ah, it's okay. Ah, it's not that big of a deal. The problem is. There's an old term that I used to hear when I was a kid. This is how it starts. This is how it starts. You don't nip it in the butt, just like cancer. It becomes malignant. Then it infects the entire body. It infects everything. And then you can't do jack squat about it. You already gave these guys enough entitlement. It's a player's league because there is no choice but for it to be a player's league. But you gave them even more rope. It's time to stop. It's time to put your foot down, Adam. Time to maybe harness a little bit of what David Stern had. God help me for saying that. But at least bring in some kind of nut sack. Okay? Enough already. The the inmates running the asylum is never a good idea. Most of the stuff that happened before, people demanding trades. We, we could say that that was somewhat part of the game okay you've held this guy up kg was stuck in siberia for how many years 12 years we get it right ad's in new orleans that's siberia of the south right we get it but this freaking guy has gone from houston actually technically from oklahoma city houston brooklyn 
Philly. Now he wants to go to the Clippers and play with a bunch of douchebags. I mean, he'd be perfect there, right? But at what point are you going to say that there is merit in these contracts? Because at least if you're demanding a trade, you're getting compensation back for something. You're not going to get anything of relevance for trading James Harden. There is no possibility for that based off the current collective bargaining agreement. And guys like Dame Lillard, that's a good – that's what I understand. He has been loyal to Portland until it's finally run out. The problem now is he decided to collect his soon-to-be $60 million a year contract. Dame, I'm sorry, but you're not going to go where you want to go unless you screw Portland, unless Portland screws themselves, especially if you want to go to Miami, which I get. I get you want, you want to get to Miami because that's the only spot you can go right now that you have a shot at winning a championship. So it's just one big cluster F everywhere. But that's what happens. You're not going to get everything you want. You're not going to get everything you want. And I'm going to use Kobe Bryant as an example. Kobe Bryant in the summer of 2007 demanded a trade to Pluto. It's not a coincidence that once Kobe demanded a trade to Pluto, Pluto a few years later turned out to be not a planet. Is that, is that just a coincidence? I thought it was a weird coincidence, wasn't it? Well, what did Kobe do after a while? With some help from probably Jerry West and Dr. Buss, he calmed down. He said, you know what? What the hell am I going to do in Chicago? Be a one-man gang in Chicago? They're going to be talking about Jordan all the time, which I totally got. He wanted to go there and win a championship to show up Jordan. I get it. But the reality is Kobe settled down and said, you know what? I get it. I'm going to go pl- I'm going to go ball out and see what happens. And what happened? Well, February 1, 2020-2008, we saw what happened. And it, and it came out well. Uh we've seen uh, winning time, we've seen what's gone on in the drama of of the Lakers in the 80s. You're talking about a team that was the team of the decade, yet there was drama left and right. The Chicago Bulls of the 90s, everyone disliked Jerry Krause, almost everyone at least the stars, and everyone disliked how Jerry Reinsdorf operated. What you end up seeing is you end up seeing all these things and you see those guys deal with it, just like how you're supposed to do it in real life. You deal with challenges. Instead, these pansy-ass witches, you know what word I wanted to use, but I'll use that, are, are, are the just children, children, Crying children wang their way to whatever they want, and we're enabling them. You, me, Gerald, everyone in here, we enable it because we keep watching it. So we're going to need some help from Adam Silver here. We're going to need his leadership to say, you know what? I'm done with this. You start demanding a trade publicly, your ass is going to get fined a million dollars. Something has to change. There needs to be a precedent. There needs to be a leader that finally says enough is enough. We don't really have that. I'm waiting for something to happen. I'm waiting for for, for leaders, but we're not getting them in so many facets in life. So many ways. Where's the leadership? Leadership and just the, the Kobe thing. Jerry West, Dr. Bust, talking them down the ledge. Jerry West telling... Kobe in 2004. What are you doing? What do you mean you're going to go play in the Clippers? You're going to go play for Donald Sterling? What are you, nuts? 
leadership is lacking in so many facets in life. Sports is even worse because you have these rich, entitled a-holes who think they can get whatever they want. And we've enabled it. We've allowed it. But here's where we play a part in helping. We get on here and we tell these guys, we're not going to talk about your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters. I'm not going to go heckle you when you're out getting some ice cream with your kid. I'm not going to bother you when you're walking to the locker room done with the game. But where I will be all over your ass is when you do stuff like this, where your profession is. I'm going to be on your ass. And that's the problem, guys. Too many scumbags yap in their bedrooms doing, you know what they're doing, Gerald, while they're doing it. I'm not going to do the gesture this time. No, not this time, Rob. Okay. And... It's easy for them to be in that room doing that. Do it. And I'm just trying it. to stay on the download. Do it, from do it. Do it as much in their face as you can. This is as far we can get. This is as close as we can get right now where we're at. Okay. And maybe one day when we have a larger forum for the attention to get to them. And there's logic behind this. There's logic behind this. You are a, you are an embarrassment, an embarrassment to the league, to yourself, to, to everything in terms of your lucky, God-given ability to do what you do. And if we hammer, hammer, hammer for every angle on that, instead of just yapping about how, you know, today Lonzo Ball finally got tired of Stephen A. Smith and said, dude, my I'm not walking around with no leg, you idiot. Where do you come up with this crap? Why do people watch this crap? Well, they're watching it now, but they need people like us to finally get to that level so we can drown those idiots that have no substance in what they're saying. There's no substance. There's nothing to back up what's going on. We can back up what's going on. Why is James Harden being an idiot? Because Sean just put it perfectly. Turn down one, turn down two, turn down three. How many times are we going to deal with this before you finally say, dude, I screwed up? You're the one that screwed it up. We didn't do anything. We didn't tell you anything. I'm sure your agent wanted you to sign it. I'm sure your family did. Why did you say no? And now you're bitching about it? Get the hell out of here, man. No, no. He needs to be called out until he acts like a goddamn professional. And shave that beard. It looks dirty. We need more Yankee rules in in, in sports. These guys look like... These guys look like they've been living in freaking used trash cans you know, all year. You're not John the Baptist. You can't uh, get honey from a beehive and leave it in there for two weeks. This is 2023, as Joe has said in the past. You can buy a stick of deodorant. You can buy a comb. You can camp yourself. Leadership. Image. I'm not saying having a beard or a goatee. My dad, God rest his soul, had a goatee for 40 years. But he had it clean. It was always clean. It was always shaved. You know? Always combed his hair. If he didn't comb his hair, he wore a nice hat. Present yourself. Be be clean. You know? I, I don't know. I just feel like everything is dirty these days. And... It all starts from inside, man. These guys are dirty in so many ways. And it just it's 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 being accepted more and more as we get old as we because they have money. I don't care if you have money. You're a disgrace. At some point, what's that money gonna get you? 
what? You're going to buy four more houses that you can't, you can only live in one house at that moment. I don't care about your money. I, I don't like that. The fact that I'm even talking about this, I'd rather be talking about the Lakers. I'd rather be talking about the excitement that's coming here in the next couple of months for the NBA. Instead, we're talking about a unkept, just, just blabbermouth entitled a-hole. And then, and then on top of that, you have their leadership backing that up by questioning a fine from a guy who disrespected an, a, a, an NBA official. Not a ref, an NBA official like yourself, like all the players. When is it? When does it end? When do we have to keep talking until it rings? Will it? Or are they going to pull some BS? Oh, you have some other agenda. No, I don't have an agenda. When you do something stupid, I'm going to call you out on it. I'm not saying it's stupid because I feel like it's stupid. It's stupid. Common sense says it's stupid. Why are you saying something like that in front of children? Oh, my general manager's a liar because he's not giving me what I want. You want to go on an interview and say something like that? Okay, I'll buy it. You're in front of children, in front of people that have nothing to do with what's going on. Why are you doing that? And then the other freaking clown, Joel Embiid, I might win a championship maybe somewhere else. Really? After all the crap that Philly has put themselves through, the process to get your ass, your MVP, now... Two months later, you're 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 throwing them under the bus, man. Go eat, you know what, and fall off a freaking curb, man. Seriously, pathetic. You guys are all pathetic, and I'd say it to his face live, looking up to him like this, and there'd be nothing he can do about it. He can smack me, and I wouldn't sue him either. I just want to see if he'd smack me. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrell. Magic man. Magic man. Were you going to go up and what'd you say? Did you want to slap Joe Sorrell? What? I didn't say that. I said, okay. I said, there's no, there's no way. You could smash. Sean could hit me and I'd be okay with it. You know, I've gotten into fights with friends and we had beer like 10 minutes later. It's what guys, guys. There you go. Magic man. There you go. You've got a free shot right there waiting for you when you see Joe. I'm okay with it. I can have, you know, pain, pain don't hurt. Rest in peace, Patrick Swayze, one of my favorites of all time. Rest in peace. Uh, I was going to say I would never hit Joe. Joe's a big brother. I would never, never strike uh, uh, somebody I consider family. Uh, the last time I got in a fight with, I think, was the fifth grade. I, you know, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> At least that's what the girl, the girls always say. Okay, uh, all right, you tell. <laughs> but. Hey. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, you know, I, I couldn't agree more with uh, Mr. Soro about what he's saying. Like, I, I, and again, Gerald, it, it, it it's kind of a reflection of the times. It's almost as if, like, what Joe was saying, it's like hardens a symptom of this society rather than that an actual disease. But he's got all the symptoms, uh, whiny. Uh, self-centered, narcissistic, um, not introspective at all, only when it comes to self-interest and nothing else. Um, And quite frankly, Gerald, if you wanted a max contract, 
why the hell did you decide to shoot six for 26 in a game seven and expect a team to roll out the red carpet for you and give you everything you wanted when you couldn't even get them to the conference finals? Excellent point. Excellent point indeed. So there we stand with the James Harden saga. It will continue. And as it continues, because we love good drama, whether it's Lakerholics.com or whether it's the Philadelphia 76ers, we love good NBA-related drama. And so go ahead and continue checking with us here at the Lakers Fast Break. But before we end out, we talked about, Joe, the drama as far as the possibility with winning time, because you mentioned winning time in your speech, in your slash rant, slash complaint, slash monologue, whatever. I want to go ahead and ask you this, though, my friend. When it comes to winning time, it is episode three. I know you've been keeping up to date. We talked at length about Jeff Perlman, author Jeff Perlman, who is now a producer, who actually made wrote the book that inspired this TV show. And again, I have two great interviews with Jeff, one on this very particular st- subject before the series came out. We understand his concern as far as the future of the series going forward. But the series itself, again, it is now dealing with the early to mid-80s situation where the Lakers had just lost against Houston in the playoffs, looking to regain their form, but heading into the dreaded year of 1984 after, of course, what happened in 1983 as well. But your thoughts, my friend, on what's going on with the Lakers and winning time. You see the story goes out there. Jeannie Buss has been quoted as saying that, like we talked about on the show, that she actually, you know, despite all the the different uh, you know, entertainment changes that have been made with the series, she does, for the most part, like the portrayal by John C. Riley of her dad. Let me ask you this though: if it were to be going ahead and and seeing a demise by the end of the season after what you saw in the latest episode, would you be sad, really sad, that he didn't get to finish it out? Yes, because. The story is uh, compelling, and I would hope that someone picks up the show and continues the show because whomever did the casting for this show should win an Emmy. Uh, the find lookalikes, the star power. John C. Riley is a movie star. Sally Field is an Oscar-winning movie star. Now, I know she's passed away in the show, we're talking and everyone is just great everyone is great at what they're doing and it needs to finish and it needs to finish and it also needs to continue for two for for the the next dynasty which is the Shaq and kobe dynasty those things will be important uh at least for me to watch i'd like to watch that I, i i think there's something there but at least take care of the showtime team we need to finish it off until 1991 that's how the story started we need to finish that we need to finish showtime at that point i found myself watching episode three and connecting with larry bird and red auerbach which is i know sacrilege as a laker fan but i think more like red auerbach and larry bird than i do magic and dr bus there are a little bit of things that magic and dr bus do that I do. Uh, I like to smile. I like to have a good time. Uh, I'm sociable. I, I, I'm not saying I would, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, sh, a shun in 
a shut-in, I should say, like Larry Bird. But the ferocity of Larry Bird is something I admire and I try to emulate every day of my life. I'd say I'm a blend of both. I'm a blend of both. And Red Auerbach, when he said winning and putting a banner in the rafter doesn't make me happy. It makes me a miserable bastard. It's true. It's true. I don't think about the three-peats. I don't think about the back-to-back titles. I don't think about 2020. I still think about Robert Ory's missed shot in 2003, 2004's debacle, 2008 debacle, 2011 sweep of, of Dallas, Kobe's Achilles, Chris Paul trade. I think about that more than I do the wins. It's tough. It's it's just the 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 appetite to win. It never goes away, and you always think about the more you could have won. And that's that's a lot of the reasons why Michael Jordan is number one. Yes, he didn't win a championship every year he was in the league, but when he was there, he never lost. He never lost at Carnegie Hall. He never lost there. He never not performed number one at in that building, right? I'm using a metaphor, obviously. And that's what sets him apart. And on top of that, in this current generation, he's still top. He's the top guy. No one's won more. On top of the fact that he's won more, he never lost. That's why he's number one. If Kobe had won in 04 and 08, the discussion would be different. If Shaq had won in five, uh, 95 and 04, his center status would likely be number one. Magic, you, you know we've talked about that. I'll circle around to that now that we've talked about it. Magic's career would have changed completely in terms of the all-time best if Wordy doesn't pass the ball to Henderson. His career completely changes off that one pass, and that's sports. Robert Ory's in and out. Magic's career was defined differently because of one bad pass by someone else. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl and an MVP because a cornerback executed a once-in-a-lifetime play. They prepared for it, but he executed it at the perfect time. That's how close it is. As far as drama, you know, I'm not much of a TV guy. Uh, I don't watch network TV. Uh, I don't I haven't. The Walking Dead was, a, I think, the last show I was kind of into until they completely butchered that about five years ago. So the reason why. As soon I'm, as Negan came in, that's that turned a lot. Ne- well, Negan, Negan coming in was, in my opinion, it, arguably, it's, the, it's the series. It's, it's the arguably the gr- one of the greatest entrances, if not the greatest entr- entrance I've ever seen on TV. It was but it turned phenomenal. off a lot of people. You, I thought well, it was good, but it turned off a lot of people. It, it was perfect. He it was perfect with what he did. The problem is what they did after. Yeah. What they did after was, I believe it was way too talky. I think there was way too much. Let's give everybody a shot on the show. And it completely diluted the team. The, the, well, they went from an 18 million a week audience to one. Because so you kept, you spread out, you, 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 you gave, you turned the show into a, uh, let's have this person get their turn. 
This is show business, guys. We don't want to watch mediocre actors. I'm sorry, I don't. I want to watch badass actors. Okay, Jennifer Lawrence is a badass actor. Do you see me being the kind of guy that would watch No Hard Feelings? Do I look like the guy that would watch a movie like that? No. But you know why I did? Because she's good. And Matthew Broderick's in it. There's a lot of cachet there for me, too. This guy I grew up with. Okay? Talent rules. If you're not talented, I don't want to see you, and I don't want to work with you. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean. I want to see talent, especially when it comes to entertainment. I want to see talent. Don't give me this BS that we're going to try to make things more able for whomever. That. I want the most talented person on there so I can be entertained because not a lot of people can do what they do. Now, this show has entertainment value. You have amazing actors on there. You have an amazing story. It's got to get support. At what point does this show not get support? If this show does not get support, then what do you, then the entertainment system is done. Either it changes completely or stop producing anything of, of, of quality. And we're, we've been down this road a lot. The entertainment business, even before the strike, has been just a mess because of what I just told you that happened with The Walking Dead. We are not rewarding talent. Reward talent and the audience will come. And I know this is going to hurt a lot of you, but I'm going to be honest with you on this, and it's the truth. When people look at Brad Pitt, they don't want him to be a regular guy. They want him to be a god. So whenever you hear people talking about, oh, he's just like us. He went to the store and he got fruit. Women want him to be Brad Pitt. Unattainable. That's the excitement. What is more, what's exciting when you're a person, right? Something you can't get, you want to get it, right? That's what that is. And if you don't have that ability, you shouldn't be on TV. You shouldn't be entertaining anything. Same thing with Kobe. Same thing with Jordan. You think people look at Jordan and say, oh, Jordan, he smokes a cigar and we smoke cigars. He's like us. No, he's not. He's mean. He's a tyrant. He'll bite your face off to win. That's what I like. I want winners. <laughs> That's it, guys. That's my rant. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm hoping I've entertained the last couple of nights. I mean, you guys, there's been material to rant about. And I think it's a good forum, pardon the pun, to express it. Because I don't think there's enough of this going on. Because everyone's afraid to get judged. Everyone's getting afraid to get canceled. Everyone's afraid to lose their jobs. The, be- the beautiful thing about our show is we don't have to answer to anyone. We don't have to answer to anyone. We, 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 we keep it within the guidelines in terms of family and derog- you know derogatory comments. That's fine. I get that. But as far as legitimate opinions and, and rants and telling telling the audience what's going on, this is what's going on. And this is this is universal, guys. This is not you don't have to be on any particular side or aisle to say this or to think this. This is going on. I'm in homes every day. All kinds of homes. 
I got the pulse of the of the of the country every day. I know what's going on in, 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 in everyday homes, regular homes. And believe me, more people think the way we think. The problem is they're too much of a pussy to say anything about it. Sorry, I had to use that word. It was just too perfect. I knew you were going to. But before we head on just out. Just a pussycat. There you go. <laughs> Meow, indeed. Before we head on out, Magic Man, finish up our last comments on the episode three of Winning Time. I hope it does stay around. I, I like the show not as well as uh, Joe. I do think the performances, especially by John C. Riley, are good. I think a little bit some of it is over the top and not realistic. But and again, that's to the uh, you know obviously the goal is entertainment. So Max decided to go ahead and in some cases really take it to the extreme. But your thoughts though, it deals right now with with Larry Bird's background and story. As far as I like the fact that they reminded us that he once did play or was intending to play or intending to fill out his college career at Indiana before leaving, getting homesick and playing for Indiana state. I like getting reminded of those facts that we often forget about because that those took place in the seventies and early eighties. Your thoughts on this though, my friend, when it comes to that latest episode, they also talked about the beef that was going on, the real life beef between Norm Nixon and Magic Johnson and and Jerry Buss taking taking the guys to Vegas to try and mend it out, but also just the way that the Lakers, after they won that initial championship, started to get a little bit fractured, even amongst the coaching staff between Westhead and Riley. I've told I told you I love Riley, I love Westhead, always have a place in my heart for both those guys, but I understand as like the rest of the team is going on, there started to be a little bit of a mix of oil and water. Hundred percent, Gerald. Hundred percent. You know, obviously, you know, uh, a fictional portrayal is just that. You know, and look, I understand Loco's reluctance and hesitancy, and just sheer. You know, he's from a different time, Gerald. Like, you know, my grandparents are that age, and they don't understand reality TV, man. It's it's just, it's a different yeah, age. But if it's you, let's just say that it's you and Joe, and I. It was a, a Max wanted to make a show of this show, behind the scenes or in front of the scenes, and they blew it up. Joe and I know since our background, some of our background, in our lives has been working in the industry. I know they're going to sensationalize it, but someone such as yourself who is not you know, been part of the Hollywood, only seen it as far as on TV and movies. Maybe it would be a shock to you to see how much they would sensationalize it over the top, Sean, you know, characterization, a character, character, as it were. I want to hear your thoughts on this. That's what Jerry West is is crying about because it is an over the top evaluation of who Jerry West. It takes what Jerry West was the neurotic, the the guy who couldn't even watch the games for the Lakers, but still in his heart wanted to do it very much to win and was a brilliant mastermind. And they did it. They multiplied it by 10. Your thoughts, my friend, on that? Yeah, 100% drilled. And you know what? Uh, I mean, it is a fictional portrayal. And that, in some that, cases, a, a really fictional. Um, You know, the, the stories about his... Uh, his violent uh, temperament, uh, yeah, it's probably a little over the top, but you know something. I think I think that comes with the territory. Uh, he was more 
and again, the, the, he was more of an introverted, angry person. I remember uh, his wife would say that uh, she couldn't talk to Jerry West after a loss, Gerald, when they were riding home in the car. Like it was just silent. It was pure silence. Um, so th to see him, you know, breaking golf clubs and <laughs> just beating his chest like fog. I think the one where he's crying and screaming in the side house in his underwear. I think that was probably the one where everybody's going like, "Wow, that's a little way over the top." Yeah, it was. He wasn't really you know, crying though. Was he crying? I thought he was crying. No, he never cries. He was. He, was, he, he might have been was, wailing, like yeah, that, something like that. He was. He was in a world of hurt at that. I point. think he was just depressed and Charmin comes in kind of going like Jerry what the hell are you doing he's just like leave me alone so just like what his wife said wouldn't talk to anybody mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's it's an over exaggeration but it, there's there's truth behind truth it. In it there's a kernel of truth in it oh yeah so yeah there's correct. a kernel but it's that's... like it, it, it that's what but I'm saying as Joe and I would know if there was a show made of us like that, we would probably be expecting something multiplied to the tenth power, but not it everybody. It would be hard to imitate what I'm doing, though. See, I'm out. I'm outward. Jerry's a little more professional than I am. He 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 keeps kind of things kind of close to the chest. Me, I'm out. I'm out and about. All you got if you had a good actor, let's say that came that played my part, he, all you have to do is come hang out with me, and he would be able to do. What I do, I don't. But I'm the same way off the air, guys. You can talk to my wife, talk to my friends, and the reason why I have friends and I have a wife is because at the end of the day, I treat them all well, and I'm one of the few guys that they believe will rip people's throats out if anybody gets near them. Hundred percent. And, and, and when know. when when you have friends and you have family, and there's a protector in the area that tends to hold a lot of weight. That's it's important. It's important to understand that those who stay understand those who don't stay are likely having issues internally. I've seen it for a very long time because the truth, you can't be truthful 100% of the day because you'll get exhausted. But those who are close to you, those who have been around you 20, 30 years, they're, they're, they know what's coming. You know, when they when they make you know and, and when they get defensive, there's a difference between someone who projects and those who are, are hurting. And that's where as a human being, you got to really decipher without going crazy, because I I have very small tolerance for drugs. I don't like drugs. I, I loathe it. But I have friends that have problems with it. And it'd be easy for me to just go to the house and say, clean up your act. But I don't know if they're going to go literally clean up their act like on a building. So you got to be careful, too. We'll see what happens. But it is winning time. Please support Jack it. Black. Yeah. Jack Black being, playing Magic Man. I could see that. I could see that. Absolutely. I could see it, yeah. Yeah. I knew if someone would drop in the Val Kilmer at such an easy reach. I've been called Val Kilmer all my entire life. And my, always response, <laughs> my response always is, I want his paycheck. Uh, you know, what paycheck? It's been worked in 10 years. Uh, at that time, when it was being called in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, he when he was still working. He had a lot of money towards the end. Oh, um, still. Did you watch his documentary? Yeah, I've seen his documentary. I still would like his residuals though at that point in time. But I don't you know, know that much. And, and Gerald, just going back to uh, to um, uh, winning time, 
I mean, the like we, we said, there's there's a kernel of truth in everything. Uh, you know, I thought they they went a little overboard with Norm and Magic, particularly with that scene when they play one on one at a party that that never happened. The Norm uh, Nixon one, yeah, where he's yeah. in the in the mink coat and all that. Yeah, yeah, that never happened. So that was a dramatization. But again, there's like a kernel of truth in that. That like um, Mike Coop has talked about that. You know, and he'd be the the foremost expert on it because Coop saw it all. Coop said that Magic and Norm, while being professional, also had a personal rivalry. And while there wasn't overt hostility, there was just something about their relationship where they were just ultra competitive with one another. Whether it was getting water, or dribbling with both hands, or rebounding it just seemed that there was ultra competitiveness and you know the portrayal is the portrayal right drilled as you said when you're when you're um although i really think it's always cool when when uh, a, fa- a son plays his father as we saw in uh, straight out of compton we're seeing the same thing here with winning time with uh, norm nixon's son who's playing him in the role so yeah he's phenomenal oh, ten- by the phenomenal way. yeah Yvonne yeah. is playing even he- no one knows really who Norm Nixon is unless you're a Laker basketball type. No one really – I mean, I know he's married to a famous person. He's, he's been there for 40 years. But no one really knows who Norm Nixon is. He's not a general audience type of guy. But just his acting, his acting alone is good. And you can't say it wasn't a good relationship. They won two championships together. And I, I, I believe – they traded Norm because they wanted Byron Scott. I think that's really what drove them more in that deal. It wasn't so much we needed to get rid of Norm. They just won two championships. So that part won't be told because they got to build the drama up. But I think adults need to grow up and understand this is not real all the way, especially when it says it at the beginning of the show. But, but, because... Jerry West's character embellished Jerry's mannerisms. I like Jerry West more now than I did even before. And I loved the man before because I think inside his, inside him, that's what he wanted to do. He just in real life likely controlled it. I know I would have hated that trophy too. You're giving me this MVP when I lost. Yeah. I would have been pissed too. Not at the fact that they gave me the MVP. It's just I had lost this damn game that should have won. So I don't know. I I really, really hope they can continue the show. I think it's phenomenal. I really enjoy it. And we need to get Jeff Perlman on here when we're all on here so we can talk to him a little bit more because I want to find out more information on, on the Lakers. Maybe something I'll get down the line. I'd rather I want to wait until uh, season two two is done, and I don't know if we will get a automatic uh, renewal. And you know what? Renewals these days with these streaming services that even doesn't mean a thing. We saw last week Amazon cut two shows that they had previously actually given the go ahead for season two, and they put it. You know, a couple months later. Oh no, no, we were actually joking on that. So yeah, we're you know we canceled these shows, so we could see HBO pick up the show for another third season and then maybe not actually end up Is doing streaming it really going to be the future here? Is this it? A- a cable and broadcast are archaic, man. 
Are kids. they really though? Are they really? I think because some of the best shows are, are on on streaming. But but most of the best shows are on it, streaming. It's it just doesn't seem like there's enough. The whole point of the strike is these guys are not getting what they're supposed to get. And I understand that. I'm not telling you different. I need and they do need to get their their just rewards on that because you know when you see Netflix has 220 plus million subscribers and you see something that's been what viewed millions and millions of times and you're getting only pennies on on the dollar on it like for instance suits it's been the number one show the past two three weeks on netflix this is a rerun show that's been out there for a long time it's already ended as a series do you think all those suits actors are going to get a lot do you think megan markle not i think streaming some of the other actors there they're not going to get squat i think streaming was good when it had just like Bloodhound said, I think streaming was good when you had Netflix, then Amazon, okay, and then Apple TV, things like that. But, but Netflix once... was a loser as far as their overall, uh, as far as their overall blueprint, Bloodhound, for years. They're only finally starting to to break even and turn a profit because they had so much in the way of content that they were spending on. But they had built up a lot. They had built up a nice nest egg because of that DVD by mail stuff that they did for an entire decade. So I, I, I'm not. I don't like the fact that my my viewing, the quality of the viewing is based off of an internet connection. I prefer a satellite or a direct connect. I'm just telling you, that's the problem I have, especially with this YouTube thing with the NFL. I hate that. I hate that it's on YouTube. And I love YouTube, but I hate. That it's on YouTube because it's predicated on a damn internet. I don't want that. I want to watch the game where I know, okay, if a thunderstorm comes, fine, I get it. Okay, but I've never had my TV go out on me other than a thunderstorm in the 11 years I've had direct TV. Well, 12 years now. Now I got to wait. Okay, YouTube, eh, it might slow down. Man, what the, come on. How is it, how am I going to get the live game, really live. I know there's a delay in TV too, but it's it's off online all the time. Well, which is more cost effective, running miles and miles and miles of cable, or just the, basically the, 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 the ability cable's to already go ahead been laid out. Now you're asking me to go pay sixty five dollars a month plus four hundred dollars for NFL ticket. Now I got to pay another sixty five goddamn dollars to watch the NFL. There's no DVR. Oh, I got to get NFL Plus now. Now I got to spend another 10 bucks. Then I got to remember another sign in and then another password and another no, the, goddamn app I got to download. DVR is available. DVR they, is available. Though. It made it made, where? YouTube has it. I got it. YouTube TV has it. Oh, I didn't know that. I just, you know, like all the Lakers games. No, I it's have just it. power, Joe. Yeah. The more you know. Da, I, just, da, da. I didn't see it. Yeah, I just put on the Lakers on the YouTube TV, and it always gets every game. So there you go. So you have YouTube. I have YouTube TV. And yes. what do you pay? Sixty four ninety nine a month, right? Yeah, in that range, yeah. Okay. And then the NFL ticket's going to be cheaper for you, right? Because you have YouTube TV, and that's all you have. You don't have anything else. Um, I got well the cable to I, I to actually lean which into what you're saying. My internet is based off the cable, so you're right on that one. I will give you credit for that one. But there are some more non-cable alternatives for wi-fi that people still use out there uh i don't know if it's uh, verizon or other services but i know i have cox out here in las vegas and 
it's eh at best. Meh. It's, it's the principle, Kurt. It's not about the money. It's the principle. Now I gotta, <laughs> you know. They're I, trying I, to I, cut down on that. There are no. I preferred one spot for my things, guys. I mean, am I asking for too much? There was a time when I had HBO, the NFL, the pay-per-view, the NFL ticket, all in one spot. Now I got to go to four different places. This is supposed to, this was supposed to get easier, not harder or more of a nuisance. Well, there, I and, agree with you. It turned into cable all over again. Where it, It's not everything's still a la carte instead of just one bundle. Now, one and that's price. the funny part is we, the, 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 the public begged, they begged for a la carte, right? They're like, look, I don't watch 80% of these channels I have on TV. Can I get what I want? Yes, that's fine. But the problem is I still have to get this to get this. It's it's still not a la carte, really. You have to get pigeonholed into something else. I don't know. I I I, I think it's just I think they made it more dumb. I think that it's it's more dumb. Streaming to me is just not I prefer having that I prefer having it live on TV and I prefer to watch my shows where I'm not worried about the freaking internet connect connection going out. Just, You're, right. You're right, R. Anthony, and welcome to the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate you joining us. Please like and subscribe if you can. But he's uh, quoting you. He hates streaming as well. I, I, I hate streaming. I like my cable. Get off my lawn. I hear you, brother. But got to get with the times or be left behind, Joe. But I like a man who has his principles. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. He Joe does have his principles. I, I, I will give him that. Absolutely. But Sean, great episode. You know, Joe was fantastic. You as well. Before we head on out, uh, you know, we've got a conversation tomorrow with Mike Angolano talking the Detroit Pistons. It's going to be at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Looking forward to the conversation. I am trying like heck to get more team reports done. Still trying to get conversations and confirmations on that ready for lined up for everybody. But any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Yeah, I'm helping out Gerald on that front as well. Uh, we're doing our best here to try and get as many voices onto the pod as possible. Look, I, I know uh, I know everybody probably would like uh, to see us um, concentrate more on, you know, focused um, Lakers content. But you know, we feel that uh, having more voices on the pod will uh, will suit us down the road. It'll it'll reap uh, fruits. So we hope everybody will tune in to uh, our guests and. Uh, I'm enjoying talking with Mike. I'm not going to enjoy talking to him about the Pistons because they just seem to be in a negative feedback loop of either 15 to 25 wins is about their peak right now, Gerald. So and that's the thing. They've got so much talent on that team. It just does not fit. Just it not doesn't fit. fit. Yeah. It doesn't fit. No, that that's kind of what the Pistons are. It's like a square uh, trying to pick fit a square peg into a round hole our anthony says joe he got here late but still great great to have you here love you guys are we winning this year i think we can't go lakers we all think that the lakers have a strong chance of winning this season i think that's something that every one of our panelists homerism and lakerism you know aside because we do call it like we see it here on this show it's not always in the best interest of the lakers but 
I think that they have a good solid team, provided health is first. And yeah, we, we 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 were not sugarcoating anything last year. We no, we, we did. We we picked. Uh, at least I picked Miami and Denver to be in the finals. I had no positive feeling going into the season with the roster we had, and we were right until it got fixed, and it didn't take them long to flip the switch, so to speak. And that's a that's a it needs to and it needs to be acknowledged that 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 was a pretty phenomenal run from how they started and how and they didn't just. I mean, this happened two months before they got to the Western Conference Finals. It wasn't in December where they had a meeting of the minds and said, look, let's clean up our act. No, this was like at the tail end of the damn season and they still did their run. So you 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 got to believe that you've got a better roster this coming year. You got more depth. And then you just, even if you said that if AD and, and LeBron played exactly how they played last year, You'd, you'd be good because you'd have four more months to do what they do, which would mean they have a higher seed. They have a higher chance of, 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 of playing. Let, you know, imagine if the Lakers had home court against Denver in the Western Conference Finals. Would that series have gone differently? Maybe. So we that's what I'm looking at. Get get some home home games to start the to game to start the uh, the playoff series and get a little bit less hectic until you they can get in the, the top four of the Western conference by the end of the season. I think that bodes well for them. And I think they will. I really think they will barring a end of the year injury. It's got to have to be end of the year injury. I think that's what it would be. Well, once again, it is truly appreciated for magic man, Sean Grice and Joe Soros, especially give big a shout out to magic man. It is uh, two o'clock in the morning where he's at, and big shout out to him. Truly appreciate him staying up with us late tonight. I know Joe and I said we had to do it late. <laughs> I know when he he's you know when we send that out to him, Magic Man, we got to go on late. You know if you can't make it, no problem. No, I'll be there, man. That's why we just like you so much, man. Just just do a great job with us here, Joe. Epic rants as always. You gave like us fifteen more ideas for t-shirts today. I just cannot thank you enough for that. We're just gonna be rolling in t-shirt money. There you go. Absolutely. We're gonna be like, like the next uh, hot topic there with all the ideas and designs that Joe made for us today. Looking forward to that. And P Master too. Yeah, P Master helped us out as well. Yeah, I gotta give him big props. But oh he left. I'm sorry. That's too bad. But <laughs> thanks again. Truly appreciate you joining us tomorrow again. We have Mike Angulano talking about the Detroit Pistons. Looking forward to that conversation. Joe, any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? No. He said a lot already. That's okay, Andy. But we've got the merch ideas. The merch is on the way. If you have a specific thought, a specific request on the type of, of merchandise for the Lakers Fast Break you are interested in, don't hesitate to let us know in the comments or social media or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Yes, Sean is a trooper indeed. Absolutely. The best of the best right there for you. So for Magic Man, Sean Grice, Joe Soro, this is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Truly appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow when we're talking Detroit Pistons with Mike Angolone. Does he think that Detroit will finally start seeing the light and seeing if they can get Cade Cunningham and the Pistons into a playoff spot. Maybe? No, we don't think so.
Pistons. But will it be a little bit better outlook for the Pistons? We'll find out his thoughts and his thoughts on the Lakers right here. In the best chat room that's out there, of course, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs> 